Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Episode 109. Man, it's been a while. I'm Dave Schmolton, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helene with Helene Sports. And today's guest is a reoccurring guest. I think it was about a year ago you sat down at the table with your brother. Yeah. Uh, Biagio, Ali Walsh. Mm-hmm. Thanks for joining us today. Of course. Man. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. A lot has happened since you and your brother were last on our show. Uh, first off, congratulations for signing with the PFL. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank and I you. see you repping them well. Yeah, yeah, I have to. It's uh, I, I have been a fan of the PFL for a while now. And just the fact that they gave me an opportunity, It's I'm over the world with it. So. Yeah, so can you kind of describe in general how everything happened because i know you won your fight august 27th yes and then it was your birthday right september Mm -hmm. 4th and next thing you know the pfl was like they signed biagio yeah so uh actually uh you know uh, we were kind of in the talks for a couple months um it all started when my brother was at a fight here in vegas he uh someone had um came up to him and gave him a, a pfl card and he gave it to my dad because, uh, you know, he usually just toss, you know, business uh, info to my dad. And my dad reached out to them and they said, oh, we want to talk about, you know, uh, your son Biagio in MMA. And then um, just from then on, we kind of just got the ball rolling. We hopped on a couple Zoom calls and started talking about how, you know, they want to kind of um, develop me as a fighter. and and um, do this and that and I'm kind of like overwhelmed at first too you know I'm, I'm only an amateur I had two fights but at the same time you know um, who would say no to this type of opportunity so you know I'm going to take it and um, uh, do whatever I can to fulfill that opportunity and take advantage of it. And I know Top Rank has a lot of the archives of your mm-hmm. grandfather and then you have your brother who boxes with top rank boxing, mm-hmm. that's ESPN. And now you're part of the ESPN family with PFL because mm-hmm. I know ESPN and PFL had the broadcast partnership. Mm-hmm. So the whole family sticking with ESPN. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's pretty cool too. Yeah. And when do you expect your first fight with the PFL to be? I think November 25th okay. of this year, yeah. And you train out of Extreme Couture, and I've been paying Mm -hmm. attention to your fights, too. So your two fights prior, you lost your first one, came back in emphatic fashion and won your second fight. But everyone talks about the highs and highs and doesn't see the lows of lows. Mm -hmm. Talk talk us through it. Let the audience know, like, you start out the career 0-1. Oh, shit, what are you thinking? And then how do you get back in that right mindset? And here you are now. For sure, you know, um, 
uh, going into my first fight, uh, I fought at 170. Uh, I was walking around at 176, so I didn't really cut that much weight for my first fight. And the guy I had fought was, he had to have walked around at like 190, 195 pounds. But that doesn't mean anything. The first fight, you know, I kind of, it's normal to have the first fight jitters and, and have your adrenaline just kind of skyrocket. And that's pretty much what happened. You know, I, I, I had dropped the guy and he got back up and um, I just gassed myself out and he uh, got me in a, a rear naked choke. But after that fight, you know, I was kind of sad. But, you know, I, I wasn't sad that I, because I look, I feel like I looked good as well. Um, but after that fight, I, I kind of thought, you know, like, I'm going to go to 55 because, you know, everybody at the gym that I train with, they all tell me that, like, I'm a 55er, I'm a 55er. Some even say I'm a 45er. So I was like, okay, well, this next fight, I'm just going to go to 55, see how I feel there, you know, get a an actual weight cut uh, in, you know, get to know what it feels like to actually cut weight and go through the whole process. So I did that, and um, I felt better, and... Uh, this last camp going into my second fight, you know, I, I up the sparring a lot. I spar like three times a week um, with some really good guys. You know, um, Mads Burnell is one of those guys. You know, uh, Jeremy Kennedy, they're ranked in Bellator. So I, I like to get good looks with guys like that. Um, and uh, I just felt better prepared going into the second fight. And uh, I got the win. And now I'm looking to get another win in November and uh, get another win after that and then keep it going and you want to say really active too right like yeah one fight every few months or so i'd like to fight every three months that okay. would be like a perfect kind of um uh schedule yeah and in, in, in order to get experience and um and this and that and then um whenever i'm ready to turn pro i'll turn pro but right now i'm focused on just experience and are you also still balancing school as well with everything i'm balancing uh, school with training yeah. and work with training i actually wow. work uh, uh at omnia nightclub i work security there oh nice. yeah because um it works on my schedule i'm in the yeah. gym twice a day i'm in school during the day i could only work at night so i had to find a job where you know i'm working at nighttime it seems like the prototypical job for an MMA fighter or professional boxer. Security. Working security. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people have those stories, <laughs> yeah. too. Do you have people that recognize you or just cause any trouble whatsoever, or is it pretty easy money so far? Um, it's it's easy money. Uh, I haven't had any guys, like, people, like, recognize me. I've, I've seen friends that I know, so in that way, yeah, but... Um, yeah, the, the dumb, stupid people, it's all the time, like, <laughs> because the, the alcohol just gets people kind of stupid. Of course, <laughs> yeah. it always does. Yeah, the later in the night, <laughs> yeah. the more interesting stuff you see. Oh, man, I, I've already, I've been there, uh, like, close to a month now. I've already seen some weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, because I used to cocktail waitress while um, starting my sports career in the very beginning. Uh -huh. So I would see, like... You know, as people got more yeah. drunk, it's like, uh oh, gotta cut them off. Yeah, it's it's like talking to like a baby, like yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's actually kind of funny, but um, it's easy money and it works yeah. great with my training and school. So, uh, actually, one of our teammates, uh, Ryder Newman, told me I saw him at a nightclub working security. And I was like, oh, you work here? And he was like, yeah. So like, uh, before I got this job, I reached out to him and he told me that it's it's great for a fighter. Like it's it works around our schedule and stuff so that's when i started 
you know, oh, you know what, I'm gonna do security. I remember uh, Ryder was on, yeah. uh, he was on um, The Ultimate Fighter. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing him there and I ran into him recently, I think we're at Thomas at Mac for ADCC. Oh yeah. Yeah, so he's he's everywhere. Yeah, right. like he's a great guy time. too. He's super funny, he's got such a great personality. <laughs> There's a lot of great personalities at the gym, too, mm -hmm. uh, especially oh, yeah. when it comes to the 185-pound weight division. Sean. Sean, <laughs> yeah. Sean Strickland, mm -hmm. even Chris Curtis, the action man. Yeah. And someone like him, you know, he's been around the sport for such a long time. For sure. And you see the success he's had at this later chapter of his career, like all the opportunities, all the different fights, like mm -hmm. the turnaround he had in a year's time in the UFC and now becoming a top 15 ranked yeah. fighter and just getting the respect that he wanted. But like, I mean, if there's ever a guy to look up to putting in the work and doing all the right things in this sport mm -hmm. and just being patient through the process, I'm sure the action man's one guy to look at. For sure, 100%. You know, um one day I was at the gym and Sean just came up to me and started giving me advice. It was really cool. It was really cool. Was what like, was his advice? He said, um, well, I was kind of getting nervous getting close into my second fight because I lost my first fight. And he was just telling me, you know, uh, lock yourself in the cage and pretend like it's a real fight with somebody else. And then that's how, you know, you can get kind of get used to the nerves of, of fight nerves, you know. He was just giving me that kind of advice and I told him thank you, you know, because He's Sean Strickland, and he's been he's in the UFC, and you know I, I see all his videos and interviews with you guys, and yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So the advice worked. Yeah, it did work. Sean so. Strickland with the great advice. Everyone thinks <laughs> yeah. he's just a crappy teammate. He's terrible. This and that. No, I'm he's sure a good guy. Hard, but he's a good guy. He's like, a good guy. That's that's what we all sense when mm -hmm. we watch it too. He's encouraging to everybody, and he's not there to break anybody. Mm -hmm. He's there to pick people up. He could be harder th than most people yeah. on others, but that's his way of learning and mm -hmm. and showcasing a friendship in the gym, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, and even like watching him spar with other guys, like he's talking mad crap and stuff. But like, that's that's how he trains. That's how he makes people better. You know. He's back now. He he might be. Yeah. He might be back. Yeah. I haven't been sparring right now, so I, I haven't been uh, in the gym at 3.30 right now because I have a small crack in my hand from the fight. But everything's okay? Everything's good. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to slowly, like, you know, get uh, used to, you know, throwing compact on my hand, so. So two different sports, but how's the training with your brother? Are you still working with your brother? And if you are, what does that look like? Because I remember when you guys were here last time, you were helping your brother mm -hmm. a lot for his boxing journey, but now you have this journey of your own, which was yeah. always there, but look how much has changed in the past year. Both yeah. you guys are on this great wavelength in your respective sports, which is really cool to see. Yeah, um, uh, me and Nico, we don't really train together that much. Uh, he is over at top rank most of the time, and I'm at Extreme Couture. But it's it's so weird how much has changed in like a year because when I was here last time with you guys, you know, I was in this phase where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah, you know, I I had I was not playing football anymore, and I was looking to do like real estate. I was trying to uh, be like a, an assistant strength and conditioning coach. That's what I talked about I on the podcast. I remember that? Yeah, and like. I just, I was like, what, like, because some of the guys that I would train or, or help coach was some of the fighters out of my gym, right. like, you know, uh, like Pooney and, and Jeremy and uh, some of these other guys. 
And I, I remember standing there at like 22 years old and I'm like, like, why am I a coach? Like I'm 22, like I miss being the athlete. I miss being in that position and, and working my ass off to fulfill an athletic goal. Like I miss that. And I just thought to myself like, dude, it's, you know what, I'ma just take everything like hard nose to the wall. Like I'ma just take everything serious. Like I'm not, I would rather um, like, go through hell than live a life of regret when I'm 35 years old and think, oh, like, what if, what if I tried out MMA? Like, would he, have, would I have been a good fighter? Like, these are questions that I don't want to, like, have when I'm 35 plus years old. So I just said, you know what? Screw it. Like, I'm going to just put my head down and just dive into this sport and take it really serious. Do you remember the conversation you had when you first told your parents and your family that this is what you want to pursue? Yeah, it, it, um, my dad, he told me, he's like, I knew you were going to fight because I was in the gym like twice a day. Like I was recording my sparring rounds and, and this was before I even wanted to fight. I just wanted to get better in the gym. And he told me, he's like, I knew you were going to fight. So I'm not that surprised. And so did my mom. Same thing. Um, they just, you know, as parents, they just want me to be safe, you know? And, uh, me and Nico are both in sports that are very unsafe, so we have to train, you know, extra to make sure that we are safe and that, you know, we're doing everything right. It's in your blood. It's in your yeah. family. I feel yeah. like your it's DNA. inevitable. Yeah. And also, too, to your point of living life with no regrets, no stones yeah. left unturned, yeah. you can go back into coaching when you're 32, 42, exactly. 52, whatever it is. But exactly having no regrets now and doing what you can't do 10, 15, 20 years from now. Yeah. That's what living is all about. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it was that kind of philosophy that really made me want to just do it. Just screw it. I'm going to do it. And then now one year later, one year PFL. Later, yeah. yeah. Crazy. And then in November, <laughs> right? And yeah. So you took time off to go to the beach for the first time in a while to mm -hmm. kind of unwind and celebrate that? Yeah, just unwind. And I haven't been to the beach since, like, high school, like like what? late high school. Why so long? It's, like, next door. I don't know. I did go to – I went to college in Cal Berkeley, like, but the bay to me is not, like, oh, it's the Pacific Ocean yeah. beach, you know? So it was nice to kind of go out there and um, just – get away from everything, unwind. We were at uh, Del Coronado, which is a really historical hotel, and it was nice. It was just me, my brother, and my mom and my dad, so. There's something about touching the ocean, right? We live in yeah. the desert, we live in Vegas. Great place to live, mm -hmm. but just touching the ocean, it's so good for your soul really and, and to reset and everything. I think I went to touch the ocean a couple of weeks ago when we were in Santa Monica just because mm -hmm. I had to do it. Yeah. And it just gave me a whole like reset mm -hmm. and like resurgence to get back in the grind and mm -hmm. and do what we do and create it's, content and interview. It's good for the mind, the body, the soul, your skin. Like, you know, I was on the beach just kind of meditating and just kind of thinking about everything that's going on in my life. And it was nice to go out there. And we were only out there for two, three days because I had school on Friday and I had to make it back to school. Dedicated. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah, Can't I actually had school. to change my flight to make it to class because I wow. forgot that I had class at one on Friday. So I had to change my flight to earlier so I could come back and make class.
I respect that. So what do you want your, what are you studying with your degree? What do you want your education to be when the fighting chapter is all said and done? I, I'm studying film right now. So I'm going to get a bachelor's in film hopefully by next summer. Wow. I mean, that, that works hand in hand from the content creation side of it too. Mm -hmm. You could kind of, you know, you can make your own docu-series of your own career. I'm in film yeah. editing right now. So I'm learning how to edit film and yeah, it's very, we're using Premiere Pro. So it's like advanced, uh, programs and whatnot so it's it's kind of cool it's really interesting i've always liked film so learning how to edit is pretty dope yeah you should be documenting like your fight journey mm -hmm. at, at least being able that is a good it, idea direct yeah. it from behind the scenes too For sure what what's also amazes me about you and your brother in this journey too is you have the name right you have mm -hmm. ali everyone knows who your grandfather is muhammad ali but you guys are so like driven and in your lane mm -hmm. that even if there was pressure the people around you, at least I don't sense you have any pressure to live up to a certain way mm -hmm. and fight a certain style or impress certain people. I feel like you're going about it your way and you're doing things the way you want. Yeah. And I think that's just the best approach. And a lot of people can learn from that who don't even know who you are yet. Yeah. You know, um, and again, too, like, you know, being, you know, Ali's grandkid, you know, uh, there is pressure there, but at the end of the day, you know, everybody's got pressure. You know, everybody, every fighter wants to make a name and make their own legacy, you know. I'm the same way. I'm no different than any other fighter that's looking to make their own name and their own legacy. So we're all on the same mission here. So when you were at the beach and visualizing everything and your goals, Ideally for you, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. it, it looks like, uh, you know, eventually having the PFL belt on my waist, holding a million dollars, and uh, going into coaching later on in life and preaching martial arts and, and taking that route. I don't know when or where it'll happen. I just know it'll happen. And it's your gym, too, and I know how involved he is with the PFL Ray Cepho. Yeah. Having that wealth and knowledge at your disposal, like what's kind of been his guidance and advice to, for you on this journey? Um, most of it's been kind of fight stuff. Everything with, it has been kind of fight stuff, not much uh, outside of that. So, like, for example, like when I first worked with him, um, we were going over, like, the, you know, the turning of the foot for the roundhouse and and um, turning of the shoulders when throwing hooks, stuff like that. And, you know, it's such simple stuff, but it's Ray Sefo telling me. So, like, I'm kind of like, holy crap, like, I'm going to listen to him, you know. So, um, yeah, he, you know, um, he's a busy guy, and I've worked, seen and worked with him a couple times. And But every time I do, it's I, I learn something new and some, some small detail in martial arts that I, I didn't know until he told me. Who's one of your favorite fighters to watch right now in MMA? I have a couple. I have uh, I have Peter Jan. He's one of my favorite big to watch. Big fight coming up. Yeah, big fight coming up, and and I like uh, Sean too. So like that'll be a really cool uh, matchup to see. Um, uh, Jose Aldo, he just retired. You know, I I watch him all the time. Uh, Adesanya. Um, there's 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 a couple fighters that that I really like to watch. I like uh, Poirier, watching Poirier, and um, yeah, but, but Pure to Jan, he's probably my favorite. What about, what about, is it just his relentless pressure and his style? Yeah, it's, oh, uh, Oliveira too. I like watching him. Yeah. I really like watching him. 
But yeah, with, with Pewter, like his high guard, I like his high guard. I like how his forward pressure, I like how he's always pressuring. Um, when, like there's certain things that I take from him and try to implement into my own game. Like when he's southpaw, he really likes to throw the rear leg. And uh, he's just, uh, his anti-wrestling is really good. I know, not in the last fight, but you know, his, his takedown defense is really good. And, and um, I, I just watch a lot of him to, and I pick, take little details. 100%. Yeah. You watch him when, when Al Jermaine's around the corner or practicing <laughs> on the mats too? Or what? <laughs> yeah, it's funny too, because Al Jermaine's at my gym too, and I, I like Al Jermaine too, but, but I, just, I, I just like Pierre Dion. He's just a, one of those fighters that I want to implement my style after. That's good. I mean, that's the thing too, is when you're in the cage, it's only you. You mm -hmm. can have people telling you what to do in your ear, and there's coaching, there's so much you can learn, but mm -hmm. certain styles are going to work for certain people. So you can emulate what you want to emulate because it's only going to be you in that moment. For sure. For sure. And you know, I, again, all those fires like you just mentioned, there's small things that they do that I really like to try to just take it and make it my own. It's like, it's almost like playing with clay. Yeah. You take certain pieces and make it your own way and that's the beautiful thing about martial arts especially too with with this sport mma being so young like three decades young mm -hmm. it's so amazing to think about that sport that you know well nfl like mm -hmm. football they were still wearing leather helmets in the first couple of decades of yeah, playing that sport crazy. imagine where this sport's going to be 60 70 years from I, now. I can't imagine and you know what i was actually just talking about it too you know uh, in mma right now you got a lot of fighters with um certain backgrounds, you know, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, boxing, or kickboxing. I feel like 40, 60 years from now, you know, a lot of the background will be just MMA, you 100%. know. Because when I'm at the gym, I, I see these six-year-old kids and geese, and they're also doing kickboxing. They're kind of learning, you know, all the martial arts at the same time, which is basically MMA. So I feel like in the future of MMA, you know, it'll be MMA will be the base that a lot of fighters will have. They'll still be, you know, coming from jujitsu and wrestling and stuff, but MMA will be an option that a lot of fighters will have a base off of. Yeah, because even at your gym now, teaching so many different classes, so many styles, there's BJJ, there's straight mm -hmm. up MMA, there's kickboxing, there's everything, right? Yeah. But if you were going to a gym 15 years ago, you'd have to travel to one specific wrestling gym, one specific BJJ exactly. gym, one kickboxing gym. You'd have to go all over town just to mm -hmm. get your training in if you wanted to be a fighter. But now it could be a one-stop shop mm -hmm. if you choose it to be. Exactly. And I think, yeah, again, in the future, I think MMA will be the background that a lot of fighters will have. And that's something that we spoke with Sean O'Malley and Tim Welch. We just we were just on yeah. their podcast in Arizona last show? week. Yeah. So you brought up Peter Yan, good timing, because they're <laughs> yeah. preparing, for, they're leaving for Abu Dhabi in 10 days to get oh, acclimated. Okay. I think they're going to Dubai first mm -hmm. and staying there, and then an hour drive, 50-minute yeah. drive to Abu Dhabi. Man, I'm, I'm, like, I'm really excited for that fight, too, because I like both of those guys. And I, I honestly hate when I watch both two guys that I like fight. I'm like, damn, like, I don't know who to go for, so I'm gonna just watch the fight. <laughs> what about that main event? Your weight class, Charles, 155, uh, and yeah, Islam. And Islam. Yeah, that'll man, that's gonna be that's gonna be crazy. I, I honestly have no idea who's gonna win that fight. I have no idea. I can't pick a, yeah. a an opponent. I can't. I think you're. I think we're gonna know within the first 30 seconds just I where so the too, fight yeah. is going to be. I forget who I was talking about this with. I don't even remember if it was on screen, off screen, schmo, not, yeah. non schmo, but like 
if Islam gets him to where he wants to be, like, you know, gets on top of him, smothers mm -hmm. him, and he's away from the cage, he can't work with the cage, he's in the middle of the octagon, Islam's top pressure could be it. But if Charles can kind of dictate things and use his length and do certain yeah. things, I mean, yeah, it, it just... It's, uh, you know, Islam, obviously, he's got such great grappling, and, you know, we, he's always dominating in the grappling, but at the same time, you know, Charles is one of those fighters where, like, you'll look past him and then he'll win. So I don't know exactly <laughs> anymore. <laughs> a dominant fighter at 155 pounds in the PFL, not the same sex, but the other sex, is Kayla Harrison. And mm -hmm. she is dominating yeah. all the competition. Yeah. And she's in a very unique weight class because if you look at top females in the entire world, th there's no one on her level at that specific weight class. Everyone's been talking about super fights for years, whether it's, you know, Amanda, whether it's... Um, she just boxed for the first time and Chris Cyborg, Chris like, oh, wow. and I think she won. I think it went yeah. the, the decision, everything like that. But, you know, where do you see Kayla Harrison now and in the future of, of mixed martial arts and what she's, what she's doing? And she's an Olympic medalist too. And yeah, in judo. So it's like, yeah, man, she's, no, on her she's own for sure. One of the greats, you know, she, uh, I don't know how, did she win one or two gold? I think, Oh, two two gold, two, two gold, gold, yeah, and that's, two one million dollar championships. Yeah, too. see, like that—that's not easy to do, you know. No. So she's she's a beast. She's got the confidence. She's got like you know the loud mouth. She's got the 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 bringing in the the viewers and whatnot. Um, she's gonna be one of those gurus of of martial arts, I think, in the future. For sure, because it's unprecedented. But also, now I think about unprecedented is Clarissa Shields, mm -hmm. you know, with her boxing accolades and her gold medals. And I've watched her in the PFL now, too. And she's obviously new to the game. I've seen her down at Fight Ready working with Henry Cejudo, working mm -hmm. with her wrestling defense and whatnot. That's a good guy to work with. Yeah. <laughs> he's but a gold medalist, too. He's a gold yeah. medalist, too. You know, those gold medalists all yeah. stick together and they all exactly. work together, bring each other up. But with her it's very very unique because you don't see people who are at the pinnacle of boxing going mm -hmm. to mma mm -hmm. and wanting to conquer it and she's out there willing to do it yeah rather than the other way around coming from mma go to boxing although cyborg's doing that now so mm -hmm. it's very interesting to watch the no, crossovers and I, and I respect her a lot for for doing that as well you know i the only boxer i know that really came to mma was like james tony and that fight did not last long with randy no, no, it did <laughs> so, not. So yeah, for Clarissa to be, you know, she's she's an Olymp she was an Olympic boxer, right? Yeah. yeah. So for her to come over to MMA, like that's she, she's got a um, what's it called? Ambition, for sure. She wants to be the best. That's why she and that she's and you gotta respect that, you know. Like that's I think that's awesome. Yeah, I congratulated her on a fight. Uh, I think it was uh, Shakur Stevenson fighting at uh, the Virgin Hotel. Mm -hmm. She was there. I told her, I was like, yeah, congrats, man. Like, I saw your fight. Like, that's awesome. And she was like, thanks. Shakur's <laughs> now going up to 135. You didn't oh, make yeah, weight. Yeah, miss yeah. weight. I saw that. My brother was actually out there uh, because his coach is now my brother's coach. So he was out there. And, uh, yeah, that's crazy. I think I think he's the best. Right at now. 135? Yeah. There's so many good 135. There is a lot of 135s, but I don't know Shakur, man. He's 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 I don't know. There's there, <laughs> like you said, there are a lot, but Shakur is nasty. We knew Shakur was gonna go up. We just thought it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm gonna forfeit the belts now after forever. missing weight. Yeah, after yeah. missing weight, but you knew it was inevitable he'd go up to 135. But yeah. there are so much good talent at 135. 
Ryan Garcia, mm-hmm. Tank Davis, Devin Haney, Cambosas, Lomachenko. Like, yeah, shit. it's stacked. If you were to give your top three at lightweight any order, what would they be? Like your one, two, three of that division. Uh, Power the, rankings. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> um. Do you start with Stevenson? I would probably start with Shakur. Yeah, I would probably start with him. Uh, Devin Haney. And uh, Tank. Yeah. Those would be my top three. If you want to go five, it, then it'd be Cambosos and Ryan. Not Loma. Now Loma. Oh, Cambosos uh, and then Loma. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I I'm back and forth. If I like I like what you're doing there. I mean, Devin Haney because he's got the belts mm-hmm. and he's proven it. So obviously, I put him over Cambosos. I love Lomachenko. Yeah. I think he's so great, but he got stopped on that night, you know, and give your hat to him too. Mm-hmm. Teofimo is now up, went up the weight class too, mm-hmm. just like Shakur did too. So yeah. otherwise he's in that conversation as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, no, my, He's got to be top five. My big question in boxing is when is Errol Spence going to fight Bud Crawford? How many times have we heard, oh, this is the done deal. It's in November, yeah. and this, but it's still not complete yet. It's not, but once it is, it's going to be very nice. <laughs> I think it's inevitably going to happen too. Yeah, but it's inevitable. I still just want to know what is the holdup. Like, I know it's money, but whose side and what is the semantics here? I'm not sure. I have no idea. Um, I feel like that fight will happen, like, sometime next year maybe. Not in November or December? You think it's going to ha- stretch to 2023? I think so. Just because it's been so on and off. Mm-hmm. I feel like they might. It might just stretch to next year. That's just the fight it, to it's make. It's been stretching it for happened, years, every year. It's crazy that that that's that that happens so much in the sport. <laughs> as long as they're not as old as Pacquiao and Mayweather yeah. were, right in 2015. But I don't think we're at that point yet. I think they're both in their early 30s, not mm-hmm. in their mid 30s. So yeah. it's still relevant because they're still in their prime. For sure, for sure. But Mayweather just fought. And the Mayweather just fought another exhibition. I didn't get to see that. How, how was that? I actually didn't see. I just saw the Twitter highlights. highlights. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I saw it on Twitter too. stopped him in the second round or something like that, oh, okay. right? He, yeah, at the round. end of the second he's, round? Dude, Mayweather, he's just having fun making money right now. That's what he's, he's doing. doing. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that after your fight career? Just have exhibition fights and make millions. Well, not an exhibition fight, but I think we talked about it before. Um, talked about Jake Paul. He's got Anderson Silva. Mm. Talking about MMA legend yeah. against Jake Paul. Dana White said, arguably in a press conference, that you could consider Anderson Silva the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. So he's in that conversation mm-hmm. with what he's done in boxing. And, for sure. I mean, what he did in the middleweight division speaks for itself in, for sure. in the UFC. That's a crazy fight. Yeah. That's a crazy fight. What do you, li- what do you like? I think it's, uh, it's good for Jake, you know, to take a fight like that. You know, uh, he's not much of a wrestler. You know, he's a striker. Um, he's one of the best strikers. He's a great boxer too, Silva. Um, I think it's just a matter of uh, if if Jake can hit him, like if he could catch him, because Jake's got a lot of power, and Silva's very like elusive and, and fast and stuff. And he is older, so there's that too. But he still looks so good, at, even at his age. Like it's hard. I, I'm actually excited to watch that. He doesn't look like a normal 47 year old. No. But he is 47. He is 47. That's the crazy and, thing. you know, um, we don't know how much of a chin he's got. But, you know, if, if Jake can catch him, you know, 
could he take it? Could he not? There's so many questions to it. I think it's going to be a, a very exciting fight. I do too. Yeah, we were at that press conference. One thing I do know is it doesn't seem like Jake's going to talk trash about him, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Anderson Silva has this unique way of diffusing any type of tension and situation in a press conference. When he's there, <laughs> it's all about respect and martial arts first mm-hmm. and foremost. You don't see that with other people like you do with Anderson, and Jake was just so respectful. And but in the boxing community, Hasim Rockman Jr., mm-hmm. uh, two or not Jr., his father, senior, two-time heavyweight champion. There's got to be some sort of level of respect for that, yeah. especially in the boxing community, because you're a heavyweight champion of the world. Mm-hmm. Jake disregarded all that in the press conference, was talking mad crap like he does to all of his opponents, like he mm-hmm. did to Ben Askren, Nate Robinson, Tyron Woodley. But when it came to Anderson Silva, it was just respect. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I mean, look at what Silva did. I mean, I don't know. It's just crazy, like, and also too, like, I feel like it's kind of hard to like, like shit talk to somebody who, kind of just goes over their head and it doesn't work. Hundred <laughs> percent. So you kind of just don't shit talk. <laughs> yeah. And then I mean I don't even know where you go from there. There's no what, what bigger name in MMA would he go from that Conor McGregor? Does that lure Conor McGregor to box mix? Nate Diaz he's talked about, but if you look at the size difference, yeah. Anderson's a lot bigger than Nate. And then the irony of it too is he yeah. didn't fight Rockman Jr. over five pounds, and then I think recently he's calling out Floyd Mayweather and talking about a ten pound difference. Uh, Jake. Jake's calling oh, out Mayweather okay. now, so it's like. Didn't know that. And it's sometimes it sometimes it just doesn't make sense yeah. for anyone but him. But yeah. all the power to him because yeah. he's making good money and he's bringing eyeballs to the sport. For sure. Yeah, and he's about to fight Anderson Silva. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's I pretty know. cool. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people consider Anderson their MMA goat. Is mm-hmm. he yours or is it someone else? Uh, I would say he's like the he's the second. Who's the first? John Jones. He's my favorite. Well, he's the to me he's the MMA goat. Like, it's actually crazy you ask that too because right now I'm like on a John Jones binge, just yeah. watching all his fights. Yeah, he's he's like he, a like a mythical creature <laughs> such an anomaly too with his body type yeah. being the youngest heavyweight champion going out there with a flying knee against yeah. shogun and just how he put everybody away mm-hmm. so unique yeah like the the rashad evans and, and rampage and yeah it's a uh, his philosophy too is, is pretty um pretty crazy I know he's got, you know, a lot of uh, controversial stuff, you know, outside of the octagon and stuff. But I like to focus on in the octagon. He's got, like, a crazy cool philosophy. He takes risk. He's a big-time risk taker. And that's, you know, one thing that I want to start, you know, just taking risk. Like, screw it, whatever. He does that. And he does really, he does it really well. So calculated. And his mm-hmm. IQ inside the octagon, I think, highly underrated for, for people sure. that just want to talk about for the sure. antics and what happens yeah. outside the cage. You know, uh, some fighters, you know, some fighters will watch film on their opponents and some don't even like to focus on their opponents. They only work, look at, you know, focusing on themselves. Me, I come from football, right? So, like, I am forced to watch film on the team that we're about to play. When I'm fighting, I want to watch everything on on my opponent. I want to know every single thing about that. And that's what John Jones does, so I'm going to do it too. You put, do you put their face in front of your mirror to so count down 30 days? I, I envision them in front of me. I envision their tactics in front of me. Uh, you know, anything that I can get from film, I, I try to look at it. 
what was that moment like when you got your hand raised, you get that win, and all your hard work led to that moment? It felt good. It felt really good. Um, it was almost like I, I, I kind of wasn't surprised. I, I knew I was going to win, you know, but I'm ready to feel that a lot more, you know. That's um, my goal, you know, and I know, like, in MMA, you know, it's it's such a – a brutal sport and it's never just kind of like always on the up you know I'm I'm prepared for the roller coasters I don't care you know I just want to be 40 years old and and be happy with the decision that I made you know what I'm saying I know it's there's going to be roller coasters there's going to be good days bad days sometimes you're the hammer sometimes you're the nail I don't care like I just want to fight that's good you recognize that when you're so young yeah you know I feel like a lot of people don't figure it out until it's a bit later Mm -hmm. and even myself like being 31 now I tell David all the time I wish I went back to pursue swimming Mm -hmm. in my 20s you know now I'm 31 I feel like that window's not as big anymore Mm -hmm. but good for you recognizing that in your 20s and early Uh, 20s thank you yeah I I, and it's the truth though too you know um I that's something I don't want it scares me so like that fear kind of drives me to want to do everything right you know so for sure so without putting wins and losses to it like how will you want your legacy to be remembered like where will you feel satisfied with putting everything out on the table living your life to the fullest and and having a career in mixed martial arts i i want to be you know that that uh guru that Kayla Harrison or or that John Jones or that I want to be that kind of guy in MMA and you know because I have such a famous iconic grandfather too and it's an he uh, fought in a different sport you know I'm the only one that's in MMA right now so like every other fighter man I'm just trying to make a name for myself and a legacy for myself that's at the end of the day that's that's what we're all trying to do that's what I'm trying to do how do you think your grandfather would have perceived MMA? Because obviously it wasn't big and prominent during his heyday, and when he was at this heyday, boxing was arguably the most popular sport in this country. For sure, I think he would have. I think he would have liked it, and I think Con- if he watched Connor at, when he was at featherweight, he would have loved it. He would have loved Connor and the trash talk and everything like that. So, I think he would have really enjoyed it had he, you know, be here and and see it all go down. Now it's your legacy, yeah, and you're creating your own path. That's yeah. the best way to put it. That's that's all I'm trying to do. Love that, love that. What a kind of final thoughts you'd like to leave the audience with? Any plugs? Where can we find you? Follow your journey for those that aren't accustomed to you yet. Well, my Instagram is Biagio Ali Walsh. Um, I'm just I'm excited for this opportunity and this journey and. Um, you know, haters and supporters, you know, I love you guys. So thank you. And find you PFL in November. Yeah. November 25th. Pretty soon fighting for that million dollar prize. Oh man. It's uh, I don't know when it'll come, but it'll come and I will get it. Love to hear that. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on the Schmo Zone. Mm-hmm. Biagio Ali Walsh right here. Episode 109. Thank you guys. Thank you. We are out. Have you?
you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.